Amen. Thank you so much, guys. Thanks to our praise team and our men's trio and all of you who took part this morning. And I'm praying those who are viewing also took part in worship. If you brought your Bibles, turn to the book of Matthew. Matthew, and then we'll look at 1 Corinthians. Matthew chapter 28. I want to share a sermon this morning that I just simply entitled uh, The Two Ordinances. Baptism and the Lord's Supper. Two ordinances. Baptism and the Lord's Supper. And we'll begin reading first with Matthew chapter 28. Familiar passage. Verse, um, let's look at verse 18 through 20. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Now, if you will, please turn to Second, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. And I like to read, and we'll refer to uh, both of these chapters uh, in detail in just a few minutes. Second, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, and we'll look at verse 23 through 33. For I have received... From the Lord, that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup and after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it. In remembrance of me, for as often as you eat the bread or this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Verse 27, therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself. And so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. Now, notice that. Let him examine himself, find out whether he's worthy, not worthy. Finds out that he's worthy, but then let him drink, uh, eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this reason, many are weak and sick among you, and many sleep, many have died. For if we judge ourselves, we would not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened by the Lord, that we may not be condemned with the world. Therefore, my brethren, when you come together to eat, wait for one another. Heavenly Father, thank you for an opportunity we have to come into your presence this morning and worship. We pray that we were truthful in our worship this morning. 
And now, Lord, um, we've worshipped you, we've prayed to you, we've spoken to you, and now we ask you to speak to us. Speak to us, Lord. We're going to be taking the Lord's Supper this morning. We need to know, Father, things in our heart, things in our life that's not pleasing to you. There's no way that we would want to partake of this supper Take these elements in an unworthy manner, flippantly, uh, habitually, just doing it to be doing it. Help us to uh, sense your Holy Spirit as he speaks to us, and not only to hear his voice, that we may respond to his voice. Forgive me, I pray, of my sins. Cleanse my heart, my mind, my heart especially, that there's not any evil, any sin whatsoever tucked away somewhere that I have failed to repent of, to turn from, that I can come to the Lord's table today with an open heart and a cleansed heart, open mind and a cleansed mind as I come to your table. Be with each person here. And I make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Two ordinances. Baptism and the Lord's Supper. When you look up the definition of ordinance, an ordinance is a religious ritual. The word ritual, when you look that word up, you'll have ceremony. So an ordinance is a a religious ceremony whose intent is to demonstrate its adherence faith. And so an ordinance is a ritual whose intent is to demonstrate its its adherence faith, the believer's faith. Now, there are two ordinances of the church, baptism and the Lord's Supper. Now, that's ordinances that we believe that the Bible teaches in evangelical churches, although the Catholic Church, I believe, they have seven different ordinances. But we believe the Bible is, is, uh, uh, directs two ordinances for the church, and that's baptism and the Lord's Supper. Now, you need to remember that neither baptism nor the Lord's Supper can save an individual. It's Christ, and only Christ alone that saves an individual, nothing else. It's not Christ plus something else. It's just Christ. John 14, 1, you're familiar with it. Well, verse 6, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father but by me and by baptism. And by, no, it doesn't say that. It says, no one comes to God or heaven, but by me. And so baptism, uh, mistakenly by some, thinking it brings salvation scripturally, it does not bring salvation. So if you're dependent on your baptism to save you, you're going to be disappointed one day because it doesn't save. It's Christ and Christ alone that saves. Now, the baptismal water doesn't have any special power to spiritually cleanse you, cleanse me, or to cleanse anyone else. 
It'll never, that baptismal water will never clean, cleanse the, the filthiness, the filth, um, the nastiness of sin. It just doesn't have that power. The water from Bear Creek Water Supply does not have the power to cleanse you from your sin or wherever you get your water. Faith only in Jesus Christ will bring salvation in your life. Only the blood of Jesus can wash your sins away. Now listen, baptism by immersion is a way that a believer identifies with Jesus Christ. Now, first of all, if you're taking notes, when a believer is baptized, they have a master to confess. They have a master to confess. I belong to him. When I put my faith and trust in the Lord Jesus, He owns me. I belong to Him. He's my master. He's my Lord. I've been buried with Him in His death. His, his name is on it. I have died to sin. I've trusted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior in my life. I've, I've died to sin, and I've been raised with Him, and I'm living in the power of His resurrection. I've been raised with Him, and now I'm living in that power of the resurrection. Galatians 2 verse 20 plainly says, I'm crucified with Christ. I've died with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I've died to sin. I'm dead with Christ. He was raised from the grave. I was raised with him when he was raised. You know, uh, baptism is a picture of a funeral. Uh, I've died with Christ. I've been raised in the newness of His life. And so we need to remember that. Philippians 2.13 says, And it's God working in me both to will and to do of His good pleasure. It's God working in me. I've been saved by His grace through faith, and now I belong to Him. And my baptism is a symbol of that fact. And that's what baptism is. It's a symbol that you've died with Christ and you've been raised new in Christ Jesus. So when a believer is baptized, they have a master to confess. But secondly, when a believer is baptized, they have a message to proclaim. Jesus came and he died on the cross. He was buried, but he didn't stop there. He was he was raised again unto life. So the point is, baptism is a symbol of a life that has a new master and has a new message. The message I'm sharing is that, listen, you don't have to, to go to hell when you die. Jesus Christ came and he died on the cross for your sins. He was buried and he arose again. And if you'll trust him, he'll forgive you of your sins, and he will give you that same life, that eternal life that he had. Now, the second ordinance that we observe is the Lord's Supper. Seven years ago, I, I taught a, a discipleship training course 
on a book entitled Come to the Table, written by Claude King. And we did a study for 16 weeks, an in-depth study on the Lord's Supper. Now, we did that to learn how to prepare for the Lord's Supper. Now, there's a, in that study, we found there are a number of uh, biblical terms for the Lord's Supper. A number of biblical terms or words that refer to the Lord's Supper. Let me mention a few. The breaking of bread is referring to the Lord's Supper, Acts chapter 2. The blessing and communion, 1 Corinthians 10, verse 16. The Lord's table, 1 Corinthians 10, verse 21. The Lord's Supper, 1 Corinthians 11, verse 20. And then thanksgiving, Latin, you'll have the word Eucharist. And that's 1 Corinthians eleven twenty four. All of those referring to partaking of the Lord's Supper. However, we prefer to use the term the Lord's Supper. Now, if you're taking notes, what's the purpose of the Lord's Supper? Why do we partake of the Lord's Supper? Is it to forgive us of our sins? No. Is it to bring salvation? No. Just make a note, the Lord's Supper has no power. If you've come today and you're, exp and you're thinking that you're going to take the Lord's Supper and be saved and, and you're going to live forever and that's it, you're mistaken. The Lord's Supper has no power to bring salvation. Now, there's some today who teach that doctrine. It's called the doctrine of transubstantiation, meaning that the bread and the fruit on the bread and the fruit of the vine become the body and the blood of Jesus. Now, that was taught by Thomas Aquinas, uh, the doctrine of transubstantiation, that these elements will actually become the body, the blood of Christ, and you inject that, that's how you have Christ in you. However, Ephesians 2, verse 8 and 9 says different. It says, for by grace are you saved. By faith, not of works, lest any man should boast. Now, if one accepts the belief of this transubstantiation, you've given yourself to a false impression that you must participate in the Lord's Supper for salvation. If that's the way that Christ is going to be in you. So when a person turns from their sin, believes in Christ at that moment, we receive the benefits of his body and his blood that was offered there at Calvary. So what's the purpose? Well, the purpose is found in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Look, if you will, uh, verse 24. 1 Corinthians 11, and we're going to look at verse 24 to find out the purpose. 1 Corinthians eleven twenty-four, And when he had given thanks... He broke it and he said, take, eat, this is my blood which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Verse 25, in the same manner he also took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. So what's the purpose? Do this. In remembrance of me. Now, why do we do that? Because our worldliness 
in our worldliness, we grow casual, we grow cold, we grow indifferent toward the Lord Jesus. The Lord knew that our human nature would draw us away from him. And so he wrote to the church at uh, Ephesus in Revelation chapter 2, verse 4. He said this, Nevertheless, I have this against you, that you've left your first love. Christ knew that we would leave our first love. And he says, you need to, from periodically, you need to do this in remembrance of me. So this morning, why do, why do we do this? We do this in remembrance of him. Why? That we might have passion, that fire that we sang about this morning. Why do you serve the Lord? Why do you attend church? Why do you attend worship? Why do you serve him? Do you do it for the praise of man? Do you do it out of habit? Do you do it because of prestige? Do you do it because of position? Or do you just do it just, just a thing to do? If your service for God is not born out of passion for the Lord Jesus, your service, whatever that is, is worthless. Worthless. Let me give you a test this morning. How would you rate your warmth, your passion? How would you rate the warmth of your life for Christ today? Here's what you choose from. Hot. Hot means I'm deeply in love with my Savior. How would you rate yours? Are you hot? Are you deeply in love with your Savior? Are you warm? That means I feel close, but I've been closer. Are you deeply in love with your Savior? Are you warm in that I feel close, but I've been closer? Are you lukewarm? I go through the motions of faithfulness, but I can't say I have much passion for Jesus. I do all the tending, and I do what I'm asked to do, and I do this job and that job, but really my heart's not in it. I really don't have the passion that I need for Jesus. I mean, I could quit in a heartbeat, and it wouldn't bother me. I could leave that church in a heartbeat, and it wouldn't bother me. Lukewarm? Or how about cold? I'm just pretty distant and indifferent to Christ right now. Are you that way? Today, the Lord's Supper provides every believer the opportunity to be restored to a deeper love for the Lord Jesus. So as we remember the blessings of his crucified life, pray that, that, would, that God will instill the passion that we need for him. Oh, it was once there, no doubt, but it's kind of dwindled away. And so God knew that would happen, and so he says, do this in remembrance of me. Ignite that passion. So what's the purpose? Do it in remembrance of him. It's a time for the people of God to come together, confess, repent of their sins, to renew their covenant relationship with him in faithfulness and obedience. It's a time for you to reflect on your passion for Jesus Christ, if it's what it should be. Second the people of the Lord's Supper. So first you have the purpose, now you have the people. Now who's the Lord's Supper for? 
the Lord's Supper is for his people. The person, the believer, the follower of Jesus, the person who has by faith trusted Jesus, only Jesus, to be their Lord and their Savior. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, look at that if you will again. 1 Corinthians 11, look at verse 26. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Look at verse 23, go up. For I received this from the Lord, that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread. Look, if you will, at uh, 1 Corinthians 10. Go back a chapter and look at verse 17. For we, though many, are one bread and one body, for we're all partake of that one body. We're one body. Who's the supper for? The people. The people of the Lord. It's, it's not, it's for the church. It's for the body. It's when the church comes together, the body comes together. You know, if Judah and I really, technically, if Judah and I decided to take the Lord's Supper at home, that wouldn't be scriptural. It's for the body. It's for us to come together around the Lord's table and partake of the Lord's Supper to remember Him, to stir our passion for Him individually, collectively as the body of Christ. You have the purpose. You have the people, the believers and followers of Jesus. And what's the preparation? Look at uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 29. He said this, for he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. So the question is, and it should be important to all of us, what does he mean by unworthy? Now he gives a warning here. And the warning is not to treat the Lord's Supper in a ritualistic way. Not habitually, just something we go through has no meaning whatsoever. This is just something we do. So there's a warning. Don't treat the Lord's Supper in a ritualistic way. If you're not careful, you're going to go through the emotions. Are you going to go through the motion and you're going to miss the emotion of what it really means? Be careful. You don't want to go through the motions and then miss the emotion. The point is, if a believer comes and partakes with anything less than the love for Jesus Christ and fellow believers, he's unworthy or she's unworthy to take the Lord's Supper. So today, I want to be worthy. I want to be a worthy guest for the Lord's Supper. You say, Brother Sammy, I do too. How do we do that? Well, you examine yourself and see if you're worthy. Check your passion out. First of all, check and see if you're a believer or just a church member. If you're a follower of Jesus or just a church member, check. Paul warns us and says, hey, examine yourself to see if you're in the faith. That's what he's speaking of. Examine yourself, and then as God points out those things in your life that's not pleasing to Him, this is the time to repent of those things, to let that passion be renewed like it once was in your life. 
And so today we want to do that. In about five minutes, we're going to have a, a song of reflection just to give you an opportunity to bow your head, for me to bow my head and to examine our life to see where we stand with God. Are you hot? Are you cold? Are you lukewarm? Where are we? Now's the time to repent, ask him to forgive us, and come back to where we once were. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for an opportunity we've had to come into your presence this morning. And now I pray during this time of reflection, I pray for each person here. For those here who have never trusted you as Lord and Savior of their life, I pray they'll come today and trust you, only you. We, there may be some who have trusted in other means for salvation. They may have trusted in church membership. They may have trusted in their baptism. They may have trusted in, uh, in the Lord's Supper, other rituals to be saved. But Lord, we know that it's only through your shed blood on the cross that we have eternal life. You died on the cross for our sins and by our faith and trust in you, Father, you're willing to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And I thank you for that today. I think it's not left up to my righteousness. Lord, I know you gave me your righteousness. And I thank you for that. You took my sin, gave, I gave you my sin, you gave me your righteousness. My goodness, what a trade-off. And I thank you, Lord, for saving my soul today. And I pray for others that need to be saved today. And I pray they'd set pride aside and say, Brother Sammy, I want to come. I've trusted in other things, and I want to trust in Jesus Christ to be my Lord and Savior. Come in rededication of life. Just come and kneel and pray, whatever you're leading them to do. Unite with this church. If, if they're a believer in search of a church home, I pray you speak to hearts today. Help us to examine our hearts and be worthy as we partake of the Lord's Supper. And I make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.